Hello, and welcome to Nightmare Fuel. Whoa, that's the crowd. Okay, um, welcome to episode three, uh, and yeah, so we're episode three in January. I'm just gonna say this, I'm gonna say this, um, this episode is not actually come out, coming out the day that we are recording. Big surprise, I know, reveal. Um, but I will say this, there is snow outside of my house, and um, it has made my pipes freeze, so I can't drink water in my house. I'm that very sucks. thirsty, so instead, I went to the store. I know, it does suck, right? I was really upset. Um, but anyway, so I didn't get washed my face. I put makeup on a dirty face, and it's also why my lip is chapped. Um, but I went to the store, my cup is blue, but I went to the store and I got this, um, green tea that's, they're advertising it as a diet green tea. Right. And I was like, that's gross until I read the label and the diet part just means that they didn't add the 39 grams of sugar. So it's just a sugar free green tea. It's like a natural green tea. As long as they're not exchanging it for like xylitol or some. Ugh. No, yeah, I read the ingredients list. It didn't have anything. It was like just did not add sugar. There's no sugar, so it's a sugar-free. It's like it's just a natural green treat tea. So I'm drinking it iced because you know it's cold outside. Dominance over winter. Yeah, I won. It's pretty that's tasty. Right. I drink it again. But that's my story. That was my tangent. How are that you? Was a beautiful story. Uh, it's freezing. I can't feel my toes. So, I kind of want to do this quickly so I can go crawl back into bed. Okay. Yeah. I mean, snow days are good for in-bed days, so I don't blame you there. Yeah. Okay. Well. I'm going to make some hot chocolate. (laughs) Cool. Awesome. I think I'm going to try and draw after this, practicing my realism with flowers. I suck at it. It's bad. don't. I saw your flowers. They look really good. I need you to make the carnation. I'm working on it. Did you see my dead carnation? So I sent those pictures to Kyle, too. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I sent them to Kyle, and Kyle was like, well, I can tell they're flowers. <laughs> He's so supportive. Very supportive. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get started. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about today's story. So... Um, today's story is called The Terrible Old Man. Um, it is on Creepypasta if people are looking for a place to f- read it. But it's actually by H.P. Lovecraft. Um, and I know there's a lot of like stuff out there about him right now. Um, and personal choices and all that jazz. I-, I guess I don't know enough about... I mean, like I know that he was racist... He totally was. There's no argument. He was racist. Um, And I guess that opens it up for debate. Can you appreciate somebody's work and not appreciate their personal uh, beliefs? Because as long as they're not projecting their personal beliefs into their work, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to say pop culture has kind of answered that for you because everybody is still moving forward with Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts, Harry Potter Worlds, uh, whether you're Gryffindor, Hogwarts Mysteries, all of that crap. And J.K. Rowling is very much not appreciated at this time for their 
her, sorry, for her um, inappropriate um, opinions on transgender. See, and I all don't know enough about that situation either. Oh, yeah, I went down that rabbit hole. Uh, the tweets were kind of mean. But, I mean, excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, I I would say that there's definitely a gap in education and acceptance generationally. And I think that throughout history, we see this where newer generations tend to be more accepting of things that older generations are not accepting. But then there's also the case of being on the wrong side of history. And um, as far as I personally go, I thought H.P. Lovecraft was a girl. So what the heck? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm an authority enough to express an opinion <laughs> since you saying he surprised me enough that I was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Well, yeah, H.P. Lovecraft is a man. Yep, not a girl. Mm-mm. Cool, racist sucks. That's not yeah. cool. That's not fun. But I mean, like we celebrate our very first president and he was racist and owned slaves yeah oh ah, he he probably was again don't know much don't know that much about him i oh. you know i found out he never actually cut down a cherry tree and that made me sad so he also lied by the way um i mean not cutting down a cherry tree <laughs> so well, that story was actually written uh like 22 years after he died sure uh, somebody he probably Hey, shout out. You should check out my podcast, No Funny Facts, where we talk about fun facts and random tidbits throughout history. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I had a ghost conversation with you. You were gone, but you were like talking in my ear. At least, you know, uh, I'll never really leave you. (laughs) There's that. Okay, technical difficulties. You're in outer space right now. That's it. Floating in outer space. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Hopefully nobody let's, will actually ever see that. Let's just go into the story. And stop yeah, let's talking. just jump into the story. Because uh, okay. I don't know how good this connection is. Okay. That's all you. Um, let's jump into it. The story we're telling today is called The Terrible um, Old Man by H.P. Lovecraft. Dive in. We're starting something here. We're going to dive into it. Okay. It was the design of Angelo Ricci and Joe Zanek and Manuel Silva to call on the terrible old man. This old man dwells all alone in a very ancient house on Water Street near the sea, and it is reputed to be both exceedingly rich and exceedingly feeble, which forms a situation very attractive to men of the profession of Messrs. Ricky, Zenick, and Silva, for that profession was nothing less dignified than robbery. The inhabitants of Kingsport say and think many things about the terrible old man, which generally keep him safe from the attention of gentlemen like Mr. Ricky and his colleagues, despite the almost certain fact that he hides a fortune of indefinite magnitude somewhere about his musty and venerable abode. He is, in truth, a very strange person, believed to have been a captain of East India clipper ships in his day, so old that no one can remember when he was young, and so taciturn that few know his real name. 
Among the gnarled trees in the front yard of his aged and neglected place, he maintains a strange collection of large stones, oddly grouped and painted so that they resemble the idols in some obscure eastern temple. This collection frightens away most of the small boys who love to taunt the terrible old man about his long white hair and beard, or to break the small paned windows of his dwelling with wicked missiles. But there are other things which frighten the older and more curious folk, who sometimes steal up to the house to peer in through the dusty panes. These folk say that on a table in a bare room on the ground floor are many peculiar bottles, in each a small piece of lead suspended pendulum-wise from a string. Okay, anything that is hanging from the ceiling in a bottle from a string is a no thank you. I don't know. It could be pretty. What if it's like a colored, like colored water? Um, remember it's still a couple a no years ago? Thank yeah. you. If it's been there for years. Well, I got you those uh, those roses in that colored liquid in those glass bottles. Yes. And after a while, it went really, really brown. And I loved it for a short time. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Like and that. then it got icky. I'm just saying, standing water, but you know if it's in a creepy guy's house, it's not standing water. It's it going to be, be like blood or urine or something. I, I don't think it's distilled vodka. No, what? I should hang vodka from my ceiling. Um, I would like to see that, actually, and I would take pictures and post it on our Instagram. I think that'd be really cool. I have to get, like really pretty bottles though something that looks potion-esque yeah. um and then i'll learn to like macrame vials. yeah so i'll get vials and i'll learn to macrame so that i can hang them effectively from the ceiling but i actually you know, know how to macrame i did it in college i made oh. a bunch of uh hanging planters for plants i had a bunch of cactus cacti cacti you you should teach me how then um, because you know how I was making like my flavored vodka? I made the blackberry and raspberry. Yeah. Well, I could do that and and then hang it from the ceiling. Then it would be pretty and functional. That would be really fun because then that would be a cool place to store it. You're right. But then yeah. you would never drink it. I never drink it now. I like like I love making flavored alcohol, but I don't spend enough time drinking. I should have more no. drinking parties, I guess. I, be a, I actually, like, girl. miss drinking more than I thought I would. Well, you'll get to a point where you'll be able to drink again, and then you won't miss it so much. Yes, one Never day. Never tastes as good as you want it to, anyway. Um, I don't know. I really like soju, because to me it tastes like juice. Well, next time you come over, I'll make you hot chocolate from scratch. And then, mm. and then that you won't tasty. miss drinking at all. Yes. Or we could go get bubble tea. Okay. You're just hungry. Back to the story. I am. Okay. Yes. Back to the story. And they say that the terrible old man talks to these bottles, addressing them by such names as Jack, Scarface, Long Tom, Spanish Joe, okay. and Mae no. <laughs> The answer is no. Shush, I knew shush. it was like blood or something. No. Be quiet. Let me get back to the story. Oh my gosh. 
and mate Ellis, and that whenever he speaks to a bottle, the little lead pendulum within makes certain definitive vibrations as if an answer. Those who have watched the tall, lean, and terrible old man in these peculiar conversations do not watch him again, but Angelo Ricci and Joe Zanek and Manuel Silva were not of Kingsport blood. They were of that new and heterogeneous alien stock which lies outside the charmed circle of New England life and traditions. And they saw in the terrible old man merely a tottering, almost helpless graybeard who could not walk without the aid of his knotted cane and whose thin, weak hands shook pitifully. They were really quite sorry in their way for the lonely, unpopular old fellow whom everybody shunned and at whom all the dogs barked singularly. But business is business, and to a robber whose soul is in his profession, there is a lure and a challenge about a very old and very feeble man who has no account at the bank and who pays for his few necessities at the village store with Spanish gold and silver minted two centuries ago. Messrs. Ricky, Zenick, and Silva selected the night of April 11th for their call. Mr. Ricky and Mr. Silva were to interview the po poor old gentleman, whilst Mr. Zenick waited for them and their presumable metallic burden with a covered motor car in Ship Street, by the gate in the tall rear wall of their host's grounds. Desire to avoid needless explanations in case of unexpected police intrusions prompted these plans for a quiet, unostentatious departure. As prearranged, the three adventurers started out separately in order to prevent any evil-minded suspicions afterwards. Messrs. Ricky and Silva met in Water Street by the old man's front gate, and although they did not like the way- Can the you hear me? Yeah. Can you not oh, hear Oh, I me? said, no, I can hear you. I guess I said what would be an ostentatious um, departure. Um, I guess if they were, like, peeling out burning rubber on the pavement. Would they be doing that? That sounds well, a little old-timey. I think that it just wants to paint the picture that they're, like, trying to, you know, be inconspicuous. Got it. Okay. Sorry. I just got distracted by the description. Okay. I do want to go back um, to part... I, this bothers me every time I read it. So remember how I was kind of talking about how like Heming... Uh, not Hemingway. Oof, him too. But uh, let's say Lovecraft is uh, mm -hmm. kind of racist. Yeah. It's, it's this line, the heterogeneous alien stock, which lies outside the charm circle of New England life. And then he picks names that are like Zenik is is Slavic, Silva, um, and Ricky both sound uh, Hispanic to me. I don't know. I like. Why I really is... must be like completely out of it because that went right over my head. It now just, I feel bad, but it like it went feel... right over my head. Well, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it just feels derogatory to me. It like, probably is derogatory. I'm like one of those people that I get so many insults throughout the day that half the time I think they're compliments. Like when somebody called me a bitch, I'm like, oh, yeah, I am a bad bitch. And then I was like, oh, you're mad. <laughs> um, so a lot of those things like go over my head, but I should be more aware of them. It's good that you pointed it out, though. 
Well, yeah, I don't know. And maybe I'm, re- like I said, maybe I'm reading too much into it. But then, like, in the very next paragraph, it describes them as being, like, they're definitely the sort that would pick on a feeble old man. And I'm like, well, okay, I guess they're hooligans, but. Yeah, but that is, like, really, that's profiling and racial yeah. profiling. And, yeah, you're right. The story is a little mean. Well, and I guess, it, like, I don't think it's really racial profiling because he created and developed the narrative. Um, but yeah, it's it depicts something specific when the narrator is yeah because into... it's in, it's invoking an image in your brain that you're categorizing, yeah. and then that seed has been planted, and then there's an expectation that that follows through and pushes through to the yeah. rest of your lives as a. Reader. It's like when people say that you don't look like you've gone to college, or you don't look like you would be stupid, or like. What is that supposed to look like, right? Yeah. Like when they use that phrase to say, oh, you know, you don't look like a blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Yeah, but usually Insert. what I get is you don't look like you play D&D. You don't look like a nerd. You don't look yeah. like you play video games. And I'm like, I know. Okay, should I? But we're both very white, so our racial profiling is going to be a little different. Most of what we're going to experience is being a female. You don't look like you could lift heavy at the gym. Like, somebody came and stole my barbell. Well, I can, but somebody stole my barbell. This is going to be, like, the longest episode, and it's just us, like, talking to each other in the of the story. It's, like, a really short story, too. Sorry. I'll keep that story for next time. Yeah, tell me next time. Go stay on point. Okay. As prearranged, the three adventures started out separately in order to prevent any evil-minded suspicions afterward. Messrs. Ricky and Silva met in Water Street by the old man's front gate, and although they did not like the way the moon shone down upon the painted stones through the budding branches of the gnarled trees, they had more important things to think about than a mere idle superstition. They feared it might be unpleasant work making the terrible old man loquacious concerning his hoarded gold and silver, for aged sea captains are notably stubborn and perverse. Still, he was very old and very feeble, and there were two visitors. Messrs. Ricky and Silva were experienced in the art of making unwilling persons voluble, and the screams of weak and exceptionally venerable man can be easily muffled. So they moved up to the to the one lighted window and heard the terrible old man talking childishly to his bottles with pendulums. Then they donned masks. Okay. I'm just going to say, though, that um, first, the word is don't. Second, um, I really think that they're setting it up for us to hate these guys, and then it's going to be like a switcheroo. What are you talking about, don't? It's, they don't a mask. No, they, they donned, donned it. The no. Okay. I it's disagree. D- it's D-O-N-N-E-D. Don't. Yeah, there's nothing here to make the O say its own name. I think it's pronounced that way. I'm it's, just telling you my opinion. It's donned. Look it up. <laughs> I have in the past. Um, my point, though, is I think that they're doing, the narrator is going to do us such a real here, and the people we think is the victim is not going to be the victim. Well, He's setting it up nicely. Okay. You're so Hold suspicious up. all the time. I have to be. And when I'm correctly suspicious, you like to gaslight me. <laughs> okay. Then they donned masks and knocked politely at the weather-stained oaken door. 
Waiting seemed very long to Mr. Zenek as he fidgeted restlessly in the covered motor car by the terrible old man's back gate in Ship Street. He was more than ordinarily tender-hearted, and he did not like the hideous screams he had heard in the ancient house just after the hour appointed for the deed. Had he not told his colleagues to be as gentle as possible with the pathetic old sea captain? Very nervously, he watched that narrow oaken gate in the high and ivy-clad stone wall. Frequently, he consulted his watch and wondered at the delay. Had the old man died before revealing where his treasures were hidden? And had a thorough search become necessary? Mr. Zenek did not like to wait so long in the dark in such a place. Then he sensed a soft tread or tapping on the walk inside the gate, heard a gentle fumbling at the rusty latch, and saw the narrow, heavy door swing inward, and in the pallid glow of the single dim street lamp, he strained his eyes to see what his colleagues had brought out of that sinister house which loomed so close behind. But when he looked, he did not see what he had expected, for his colleagues were not there at all, but only the terrible old man, leaning quietly on his knotted cane and smiling hide hideously. Mr. Zanuck had never before noticed the color of that man's eyes. Now he saw that they were yellow. Little things make considerable excitement in little towns, which is the reason that Kingsport people talked all that spring and summer about the three unidentifiable bodies horribly slashed as with many cutlasses and horribly mangled as by the tread of many cruel boot heels which the tide washed in, and some people even spoke of things as trivial as the deserted motor car found in Ship Street— or certain especially inhuman cries, probably of a stray animal or a migratory bird heard in the night by wakeful citizens. But in this idle village gossip, the terrible old man took no interest at all. He was by nature reserved, and when one is aged and feeble, one's reserve is doubly strong. Besides, so ancient a sea captain must have witnessed scores of things much more stirring in the far-off days of his unremembered youth. What did I say? What did I say? Yeah, 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 whatever. You're so paranoid. It was a good story. Um, I like, I mean, like the way that the the writing was and everything, I thought that was really good. I would agree with you though, but it's definitely a little Well, and I do think it's important to remember like one of the reasons Lovecraft is considered the like grandfather or father of of cosmic horror is because this kind of stuff had never been written before so it yeah. seems trite to us because so many oh, stories I, hold on i didn't mean trite i meant racist oh seems a little racist you yeah. were right yeah i just like i think it's a really good story i think that the way it was written and the way that it builds up these are the creepiest kind of stories because first um the human is the monster and that's all the monstrosity we need, right? Oh, no, I Because humans are monsters. Oh, are you saying the three goons are the monsters? Yeah. They oh. were monsters. Yeah, but they didn't, like, I don't... Yeah, what they, I what he's explaining is that they've done this to other people, so they're still monsters. They just picked the wrong house. That's true. That's true. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, you're right. Okay, they are the monsters in this story. I, I like I like that. He was like he was just this old, you know, man minding his own beeswax. And he ended up having to defend himself. It's kind of like, you know, not that in any way 
ever I am condoning murder. That's not what I'm trying to say. Um, but what I am trying to say is like, you literally do not know whose house you're breaking into. So unless you're doing background checks before you become a burglar, it must be like the riskiest job. Yeah. I guess. Like, I don't know. I'm not like, I don't feel good about people taking other people's stuff, but anyway. Okay. So that was my story. When did I say that I was okay with it? Well, because you you just referred to it as a job. (laughs) Some people think of it as a job. It just doesn't come with benefits. And I guess like, I just don't accept it as being a job because, um, like, you're validating you're validating it i am not validating it at all the only thieves that i like is parker from leverage and that's because she steals from the corrupt and helps the poor now she had a whole career before that yeah didn't like her very much then you didn't even know about her then wow there's that but okay anyway um good story definitely racist Definitely questionable morals on both sides of the narrative. And you're so absolute. I like to live my life in like shades of gray. And you're just like, it definitely is. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) It was. I feel like it was. I don't know. We'll see, feeling like it and and saying it definitely was. Like, he's not here. We can't ask him. I'm just reading between the lines here. And some people, some people I know would chastise me and say that I'm reading too much and I'm putting words in somebody's mouth. Okay. I don't want to put words in people's mouths either. I mean, I feel like I'm just the bad guy regardless of what I say. You're not the bad guy. It was a terrible story and I can't believe you read it to me and um, I'm over it. Okay. And burglary is not a job. It was a good story. Thanks for joining me in reading this, and I'll see you next episode. (laughs) Yes. See you next episode. I'm going to eat bubble tea because I'm hungry, and it's made me hangry. Okay. Yeah, I can tell. You're a little hangry. Go get something to eat. (laughs) Whatever. Okay. Thanks for joining us. Oh, did you want to do your PSA? Oh, hey, for all of you aspiring burglars out there and anybody else who's not an aspiring burglar, Um, If you're going through something, know that you are not alone and that um, you are valued and appreciated and loved. Yeah, I love you, even if you're a burglar. We're going to have to talk about some lifestyle choices, but you're still loved. I mean, I can still love you. I just don't condone your behavior. There's a difference. Okay. Behavior is not condoned. Okay. Anyway, let's let's move on. Okay. All right. Well, that's it. That's all I got. All right. See you next week. Yep. See you next time. Bye.